Hi, I'm Taku and I've spent over 10 years telling my stories to thousands of kids across Australia. Now, I'm making my first kids TV show, but here's the thing. I don't have a lot of money. I've never made TV before. Please explain. And I've never even been to film school. Yeah, I know. It sounds ridiculous, but that's why I'm doing this podcast. You'll hear how I'm working with the best in the business, how I'm finding the money, and all the behind-the-scenes stuff no one tells you about. This is Two Words with Taku. Let's learn this making TV thing together. All right, we're going to jump straight to where the story started to get interesting and where things started to look like, oh my gosh, maybe there's hope. So I drove 3,000 kilometers from Perth to Melbourne, literally across Australia. It took me five days because I had this fire to make TV and to learn about TV. This was two years ago in 2017 where I packed up everything I had, sold lots of my stuff, my furniture, and just decided, no, I've just got to go and chase this dream. Uh, What had happened is that I had published a children's book and it was a children's picture book about friendship. And I had spoken in schools, libraries, um, I'd even taken it overseas, done a bit of a tour, and spoken to thousands of kids about friendship. And essentially being comfortable in your own skin, being confident enough to tell your story, and being proud of your heritage and where you've come from. And this came out of me uh, doing a lot of work with young people where I started to hear that, "Mm, something was missing. These kids didn't have role models that looked like them. These kids were feeling like they weren't enough and that they didn't belong. And I just felt like, no, I need to tell them that they're okay and they're magical and they're amazing. And part of that came from the fact that when I was growing up in the 80s as a kid in Zimbabwe, I watched cartoons from all around the world, but I also grew up watching people who looked like me on TV. So we had newsreaders who looked like me, we had game shows, music shows, dramas. There was so much stuff that, you know, when I turned on the screen, I saw myself, but I also saw the world. And, and so when I came to Australia, I started to realize that's not quite the case. So kids, um, you know, have to find role models elsewhere. And it honestly was not by plan or design. Somehow I ended up being this person that kids were asking for help or for inspiration. And, you know, the schools would say, please, please come and talk to our kids and just tell them your story because maybe it'll help them see themselves in a better light. And so I spent almost 10 years doing that and I loved it and I still love it. Give me a microphone and a a schoolroom of kids. I will just, uh, I'll be in my, in my element. But then I realized that wasn't sustainable for me. I could not physically be at every school, in every library, and TV seemed like the next logical progression to try and scale up that message of love and self-acceptance and joy, absolute joy. And uh, yeah, so I've driven to, to Melbourne now and I don't know anything about the screen industry and I'm working full time in an engineering company whilst writing and researching on the side. And then I joined the Australian Writers Guild because I thought, okay, if I'm going to tell stories and and I want to, you know, write these stories, let me be around other writers. 
And at the beginning of 2017, I created a dream board, which is something that I do every year. And on this dream board, I put the most ridiculous thing. Um, You know, I often put things that just seem impossible to achieve. And so when I moved, I said, okay, if I'm going to make TV, no idea how, what's the craziest thing I can think of? Oh, what if I make something that ends up on Netflix? And so I put Netflix on my dream board. And the thing that that kind of um, tickles me or excites me is that every time I put these ridiculous things on my on my dream board, something happens. Something happens. So let's go back to I've joined the Writers Guild. They send out an email that there's a pitch event happening in Sydney where writers and storytellers can pitch their ideas to production companies and broadcasters. And I signed up straight away. And it meant that I had to save up a bit of money and I had to think about, okay, how am I going to time it with my full-time work? But something said, just go to Sydney and try and pitch your idea. So that's what I did. And and so that's essentially what you're going to start to hear about through this podcast is the things that I've done where I've just felt a pull or a tug or I'm curious or I've tried and then doors have opened or I've met amazing people or um, I've been shown things and, and learned so much stuff. And my fire for doing this podcast is because I don't want my stories to be the only ones that, you know, start to get made by people who are from voices that are underrepresented. No, I want to see more young people and more um, diverse voices sharing their stories. But here is the thing that I have seen. I am still living it. Just because you have an amazing story does not mean a you know how to write it and package it for the screen industry. And B does not mean that it's um, the right story to tell in a certain way or a certain platform. And also it does not mean, uh, I don't know, it doesn't mean that it's a story that's going to work. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I've just had to learn this on the ground that making tv writing good stories takes work and it also takes skill and a lot of these things I did not have I've had to learn and I am still learning them and so this podcast is for people like me who have stories and a fire and maybe even frustrated like ah you know I can't see my stories anywhere I can't see people like me on tv or I can't see people like me being given a chance Uh, that is so valid and that fire is so important but there's the other flip side of learning how to make those stories really stand up and be competitive and and almost how to break in so people will listen and it's hard work uh so anyhow uh where was i so i go to this event and all these broadcasters and these important people are there i am freaking out because i have no idea what's going to happen and and then I just got in the zone and just started telling people about my idea for this show and also I was pitching another idea and it was great because I that was the first time that I was really talking to people who had influence and people who could make a difference in terms of helping it get seen and that's where I met John Armstrong and so I'll tell you a little bit about John Armstrong and I'm going to read from his official bio because then That just makes a bit more sense. 
John Armstrong is a screenwriter, script editor, and script producer with over 20 years' experience in creating television for younger audiences. Most recently, he was the script producer and writer for the Netflix animated series Beat Bugs, which features the music of the Beatles. And that show won the 2017 Emmy Award for Outstanding Writing in Preschool Animation, as well as the 2016 Actor Award for Best Children's Series. John has also won three Australian Writers Guild Awards and has been nominated seven times. So this is the person you're going to hear from shortly. But what I want to say is that, remember how I put Netflix on my dream board? Uh, Yeah, this was very unexpected. And this has been part of that whole thing of chasing things and really not being afraid to ask questions or talk to people you don't know and to learn. And so in this episode, my guest is John Armstrong, and we're going to be talking about story Bibles, pitch Bibles, series Bibles. I had an idea, but how was I going to turn that idea and package it in a way that was going to make broadcasters and production companies listen to me and pay attention to what I was trying to say? So here's John Armstrong. First question, John, how do you tell the story of how we met? Okay, well, we met at a Writers Guild event. Um, I can't remember the actual name of it, but it was a it was a kind of speed dating pitch session with a whole bunch of producers and a whole bunch of writers. Uh, they sent out a general invitation to come and pitch um, any any story ideas they had, and in between each pitch session, um, there were there were like gaps and you could have a cup of coffee and wander around on the balcony and um and there was me out there and there was taku out there and we just started chatting that's how i remember it but uh, maybe you have a different memory (laughs) yeah yeah i i mean that's exactly how it happens but Mine's always a bit more dramatic. It sounds so much more dr- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, uh, I probably haven't told that story in a very, no, very it's, dramatic way. No, it's great because that is how we met. However, the backstory I'm always saying is, oh, my gosh, people, I put Netflix on my dream board because I thought if I'm going to make TV, that's what I'm aiming for. And then ended up at this writer's event and saw this guy, started talking to him, and what are the odds that he had worked on a kid's show that was on Netflix? And then I kind of go from there, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember remember we were chatting, and and we had actually the show, which was, I I think I'm allowed to say, it's Beat Bugs. Yes, of course. Um, it, It had just won an Emmy for... Best writing in a preschool animation, and uh, and I remember just and, and I was the script producer who was uh, basically in charge of all the writing, uh, you know, shepherding the the scripts from the original story ideas right through to final polish, um, and then and then in fact looking at cuts and and doing extra lines and all that kind of stuff. I was across all of that so mm-hmm. uh it was very it was very gratifying for us to win that emmy but yeah. i remember that i i was chatting to you for a while and then i brought it up and you yes. were like what yes why didn't you say that first up and i was like no oh, it's 
felt a bit like blowing my own trumpet or something. Yes. And and you were like, no, you should say that immediately. So I'm I'm I've never been very good at selling myself, I must say. Yes. Um, but that's but that's a that's a pretty classic writer's problem actually. There's mm-hmm. there's not many writers out there who are great at selling themselves. But um, yeah, hopefully we we make up for it on the page. But I think the fact that you did that is then what made me realize that I wanted to work with you or learn from you however possible because right. you had that modesty and I remember you even said oh my wife is always saying that I should tell people that and I said so <laughs> that's right she is yeah so then I thought oh okay so you must know what you're doing and then I, I had my kids book there or something and I said oh I've got this kid's story please 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 can you read it and mm. just just give me feedback please 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 and mm. you were mm. so generous even at that point and then here we are now. We've, yeah. you know. I, 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 don't know I, I don't know how I found the time because I was so busy at that point. But I just really, I really liked your, um, your energy and, and your optimism and your enthusiasm. And so I thought, well, I can't, I can't say I'm too busy to look at something. I have Aww. to find the time, you know. And, I didn't and know I, that. Oh, John. That's all right. Oh, well, I, I was just, I was actually doing two shows at once at that point because we had big bugs going and then we were developing Motown. Yeah, I remember um, now, yes. And so I was actually across both shows and, and both shows had, you know, well, 52 episodes at that point they ended up having more but um so so it was it was a lot of work and but i but i generally have a a bit of a a rule that i i i never say no to a new writer i mean i just feel like i was helped by a lot of people when i was starting out Mm -hmm. and i and i feel like at this point in my career, it's 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 important to be able to to get some of those things, give give back a bit, and get get across some of the lessons I I have learnt over the last few decades working in in TV and particularly in in children's. Oh. So um, so I, I generally have a rule of not saying no unless there are really, really huge reasons for yeah. me to say no. And, uh, and so I, I did say yes, and I'm so glad I did because it, it worked out really well. And you were, re- you were very patient. You know, I, you'd send me stuff and I'd say, I can't get back to you for another week or two weeks or something. And, and, then, I, and then we'd have a chat. Uh, we started sort of Skyping fairly early, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Just talking. Because I just find face-to-face is the best way to go. Yeah, it um, really is. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's how it all it all began. Oh, and it was, yeah, it was such an incredible time because then I was so hungry to learn and, and then seeing the body of work that you had, it was, it was really, really helpful because whilst you were teaching me on one side and giving me feedback, I was also doing a lot of online learning and sort of my own research. So trying to tie that together then with the idea that I had. And, and so in this episode, I I wanted to focus on story Bibles and how you can go from having an idea. So I met you, um, I had this idea and, and then we kind of um, sat in a room, brainstormed. And then over time we've come up with, the story Bible of what this show is. So yeah. for, for the listeners who might not know what that is, can you tell us what is a story Bible and then sure. what, what needs to go in one? 
Yeah. Okay. Well, in fact, there's a few different varieties of story Bible. Um, there's the initial one you normally do is called a pitch Bible, and that's and that's the Bible that you do that you take around to try and um, raise money for the show, even if it's just early stage development money. So that's like a, sh a short version of the standard Bible. So, so, so first of all, we we'll talk about the pitch Bible, and then we'll go into the other type of Bible. Mm -hmm. um, so, in a pitch Bible, you're basically uh, you're you're describing the show to somebody who's never seen or heard anything like this before. So they 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 have no idea at all what you're making until this thing lands in front of them, or until you've pitched it to them, and then it lands in front of them. So you have to describe kind of all of the all of the big picture items in the show everything from the setting to the characters to the tone to the style and even sort of a, a story or two that might happen just in general terms you know so so you're basically mm -hmm. giving a, a full big picture view of the show and because it's a pitch bible and you're trying to actually sellable show essentially i mean mm -hmm. there's always there's always a collision of art and commerce in 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 tv and film um yes. you know and and so you are and because because it's such a such an expensive um art form if you consider it an art form it's it's, it's one of the most expensive it literally costs millions to do almost anything mm -hmm. um so you're always trying to trying to sell the show um, until you get a green light. So, so the pitch bible is always giving. Um, well, what how a lot of people try and describe it is, you're selling the sizzle rather than the steak. You're you're trying mm. to give people the impression of what this show will be like, without actually telling them every single detail. And and that's not because. You think they'll steal it, or, or um, it's more—it's more just about that—that that you don't want to pin it down too um, definitively at that point, because a, you probably haven't got clear ideas about every single aspect of it at that point anyway, because you haven't had time to work it through, and mm -hmm. b, you don't want to close down lines of debate about what it could be so mm -hmm. so for instance you might say that it's it's set in a certain um part of australia for instance yeah now if you went if you said okay this has to be set in blah 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 street in melbourne mm -hmm. um which we've kind of done by the way but anyway yeah <laughs> but at an early stage if you do that mm -hmm. then you often shut down um, a producer who's based in a different place who will be trying to get funding from uh, that particular state government mm -hmm. or whatever, and that, so it's just a very practical decision. You you, ha you can't you can't be absolutely specific about everything, but mm -hmm. what you do want to do is sell the excitement, sell the originality, sell um, the 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 big picture concept to them in a way that gets this other person excited. So. Um, usually a pitch document is quite short. Um, somewhere between six and ten pages is is a standard. Mm -hmm. I should I should preempt this by saying, 
like everything in TV, there are no hard and fast rules. Yeah. Um, you can actually produce almost anything as a pitch document, and and people have done some quite strange things as pitch documents. Um, oh, like, really? Like uh, what? Like, oh, well, like for instance, um, Josh Wakeley, who created Beat Bugs, mm-hmm. his original pitch pitch document looked like it was a album, it looked like it was a, a an old style um, record. Oh wow! And yeah, uh, because he's he's very creative with all of that um, uh, that initial sales pitch material. He's he, he's he's really been uh, thinking outside the box on that. So mm-hmm. so you would you would get this thing in the mail and it would be what looked like an old style record album, including having a, a uh, like a picture of a record when you open it up. And oh, a label with beat that. bugs written on it, so it looks like you could actually play it almost. And then you start leafing through, and you get information about the show. So there you go. That's, That's a very brilliant. unusual kind of yeah, yeah. Oh, so and, you can really you can really do anything. And sorry, not, not to interrupt you, but what yeah, what yeah. is beat bugs? Because how yeah, well, how beat, do you say what beat bugs is? Beatbugs is uh, a preschool animated series that's based around the music of the Beatles, and mm-hmm. so he was. He always knew that his big selling point was that he had the rights to the Beatles songs, oh, um, wow. and and so that everything was predicated around that. All of the material that was sent out was always very heavily influenced by um, by the fact that he was he was he was using the Beatles songs as to the leverage for the mm-hmm. whole show. Mm-hmm. So and it was so that was essentially what got Netflix on board and mm-hmm. um and, and Channel Seven here and so forth. So mm-hmm. so yeah, you can do almost anything, but but you do kind of have to to hit some basic markers which are, okay, what's what's the concept of the show, as in what's a kind of uh one paragraph summary of the kind of things that happen in the show so mm-hmm. um you know it's like uh friends um a bunch of 20 something friends uh live in adjoining apartments in new york and are trying to navigate uh life love and work together you know it's it's something like that is your concept yeah and then you would go okay who are the characters and you just step through each of the characters um, and you give probably again a paragraph or so you can I mean you can do more if you want but you just have to be aware that you don't want to um, bore your your audience who in this case is a producer who's probably dealing with these kind of things a stack of them every day so they don't have mm-hmm. a lot of time mm-hmm. but you step through the characters and give the the um, uh, the main points of, of who the characters are you know, age, what their interests are, why why they're particularly compelling characters, what their preoccupations are, what their dreams are, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go to, like, the setting. Um, so, yeah, for example, in Friends, again, it's, it's very important that they're in New York and mm-hmm. they're in a, apartments that, um, you know, they're across the hall from each other, or at least most of them are mm-hmm. um so so they've got this kind of accessibility but also uh this kind of uh stability of of environment mm-hmm. that is essential for making a sitcom because sitcoms always have to have a specific place where kind of everything happens mm-hmm. um 
So uh, then you you go to the world in general, a kind of what what we see of the whole world of the show. So it's... um, it's it's about what other places they go and what kind of what kind of community they live in and what kind of social pressures are on them, etc. It's it's the kind of overall environment of the show. Mm-hmm. And then you then you do something like the tone and the style. Um, but th- those sort of things should be coming out through throughout um, the pitch. Those those mm-hmm. general things like like uh, if it's a comedy, for instance, it um like it's comedy pitch documents are almost invariably very funny to read okay um, yeah yeah like like full on comedy pictures like um i came across one a while back for new girl you know the sitcom yes new i girl. do yeah um and it's hilarious like oh, <laughs> it's written, maybe I should find it's that. written in yeah. a very funny way um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's available online. Okay, actually. I'm going to look so, for it. Yeah. Because that is um, a funny show. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's quite an unusual pitch document from memory in that it, it virtually has – it only has very few headings. It's just kind of rambles. Mm-hmm. But because it's funny, it, it, it drags you in straight away. It's like, it's like reading a, a kind of funny story, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and in fact it starts like something like – I'm probably getting this wrong, but it's something like the working title of the show is Chicks and Dicks. But obviously this isn't <laughs> But obviously this isn't France, so we're gonna to have to change it. It's something like that. Yeah, you know? yeah, great. And so immediately that grabs you, you know. And that, that is that, what the show's about though. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's it is. brilliant. So so again, you real uh, actually that is a good one to look at because Again, that kind of breaks the mold. It's a very unusual one. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that's worth worth looking at, um, and it's around online too, is Stranger Things. Okay, um, yeah. Because what that does, their big, their key selling point was basically the retro aspect that they were they were tapping into Steven Spielberg and Stephen King movies from the eighties, okay. and they wanted to recreate that that kind of horror but also um retro community and kids growing up in the 80s kind of feel Mm -hmm. and so what they did was they they have multiple references to spielberg movies and to other um, stephen king adaptations and and amongst the um the words i think probably every second page from memory Mm -hmm. is uh, is an image from one of the movies they're using as a reference point. So there's like images from E.T., mm-hmm. there's images from uh, like a few Stephen King films like Firestarter and Carrie and those kind of movies. And and so they're constantly, um, they're constantly bringing you back to what their touchstone is, which is this is like uh, a movie from the 80s except updated to now but but with all of the things that we loved about those movies kind of thing mm-hmm. so so it's it has and it has all of the all of the stuff that should be in a pitch document like characters setting um, you know overall concept the world uh, the tone the style and it's and it's set out like that with the headings yeah. so it's it's pretty conventional in those terms mm-hmm. but in terms of um, the visuals they've just been quite 
bold about going, no, these are our references. We're quite happy to to almost be accused of plagiarism. Yeah, we're, we're I was basically say. ripping off mm-hmm. all of these shows mm-hmm. and turning them into our own thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so so that's that's another one that's worth looking at. And again shows you you can kind of just about do anything with it. So and that's so that's the pitch bible anyway. I was yeah. going to say even with that one with Stranger Things, um the thing yeah. that that jumps out at me is even the emotion around what that show feels like is the nostalgia element and That's right. You got me onto watching this. I did not want to watch Stranger Things because I thought <laughs> it's too ghosty ghosty, it's weird, I don't know what it is and but then But it's the kids. It's the, the kids. kids. They're such great characters. Yes. And the way they interact is really great and yes. the, the little the little love stories that go on between them are mm-hmm. fantastic yeah um you know if you've watched the most recent series you know all of that gets pushed even further so um yeah. yeah it's 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 a great it's a great show that really i mean in a sense it wouldn't have mattered whether it was retro or not that was just their selling point mm-hmm. and and then they made the character drama work as character drama, which which is really what, you know, the essence of any good show is, is mm-hmm. is the dynamic between characters. So, yeah. And and so in terms of compiling a Bible um, yeah. like this, what's your approach? Because it's one thing to have oh, okay. an idea. And yeah, um, yeah. What's well, generally your approach? Well, if you can, if you – look, this is, this is the way um, I've worked over the years, which is generally – uh, in Australia, for better or worse, our shows generally are producer-created rather than writer-created. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that is changing. We are having a more writer-created uh, 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 sort of um, industry starting to happen, but it's still more the norm that a producer, whether that be a network or whether it's a production company um, come up with an idea and then they you know and the, and the idea can be as simple as one paragraph or one page or something mm-hmm. and then they will bring in a whole bunch of writers to sit around and brainstorm it and and they'll develop it from there so they'll 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 have like a one paragraph idea um, which is well for instance I'd I did a lot of writing in the early 2000s for uh, a teen drama called Blue Water High. Mm -hmm. And the idea for that uh, came from um, uh, a former executive with Channel 9 um, who who had this idea that um, she wanted to do a show that would sell well really internationally and and but she wanted to be a teen drama so she thought what if what if i take the kind of um the beach culture which is a big selling point to europe and america and everywhere else in the world about australia mm-hmm. so if if you take the beach culture and you then weld it to a kind of uh teen high school drama Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And she was she was originally thinking about really quite hard hitting things like Degrassi Junior High and all oh, those yeah. kind of things. Uh-huh. So um, uh, if you do that, if you if you put like a a kind of a, a and 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 to make sure it was beach oriented, they they made it all revolve around surfing. Mm-hmm. So you had a surf school 
um, on the beach, literally on the beach, and but you had a bunch of um, elite kids brought to this school because they were showing promise, and and then you had all of the teen drama that comes with throwing a bunch of kids together uh, or teenagers together mm-hmm. in a house, and and um, to some extent pitting them against each other. So yeah. so she had. She, that was her idea. It was as simple as that. And then she brought in a bunch of writers. Um, I wasn't in the first bunch, actually. Um, the um, One of the writers who was there, who really um, well, virtually took over the show, was a wonderful writer um, called Shelley Burse, who uh, is currently working on a stand drama that she created called the commons Mm -hmm. and prior to that she did the code for the abc which she created so so she came in and she really um took on board the whole concept but really fleshed it out in a very strong way and she created the initial bible for that show i think in collaboration with a couple of other writers so so that was that's that's kind of the standard way that it works you get like we did on on your show or on our mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. um that that you had a you had an idea mm-hmm. um that was quite simple and and really could have expressed it in in less than a paragraph mm-hmm. um and then we went into a room for two or three days i can't remember how long it was yeah and uh and we we talked it through and worked out what we thought had had legs, what we thought had had drama, what we thought had juice, who were interesting characters, what was an interesting setting, yeah. what was an interesting overall arc for the show, like in terms of where it started and where it finished. And then out of that, you went away and wrote the initial <laughs> The initial pitch Bible, which was Why how many pages? <laughs> With... Oh my god, it was so long. Yes, and it was and it was full of <laughs> spreadsheets. I know. Was, actually, that's the only Bible I've ever written that was full of ever read. Sorry, that was full of spreadsheets. That 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 was a your unique take on the Bible. Hey, it works though. It, works <laughs> it did work. Yeah, it did work. My eyes did kind of glaze over by spreadsheet number twenty though, but. Um, and yes, just to explain and... to the listeners, my my process was <laughs> I had all these yeah. all these characters and all these questions about them. What was the quickest way to answer them? And <laughs> and in fact, I'd written down that I was going to ask you how much is too much to put in a Bible. And and now you ever asked me that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it it was a lot, and I think it was how... it was great though because we had so much to work with then. It yeah. was it was actually really good, and I know I ribbed you mercilessly for it. Yeah. But um, we did have so much then to work with, and then to cut down, uh, and, it, and it gave us so much to react to too. We yes. we could look at things and go, well, is that working? Okay, great if it is, but if it's not, then what can we do differently? Rather than starting with a blank page kind of thing. So yeah. so <laughs> then we kind of jointly got together and uh, and did the final version, didn't we? I think I think I yeah you, I, ha- I had you a big hand a in writing the stories oh, yeah. and yeah yeah yeah. Um, so so yeah, we ended up with something which was yeah the concept, um, the characters, the setting, 
um, the world, mm-hmm. tone and style, and and then just I think sort of were they half pages maybe or shorter on each yeah, each of six that. six stories I think yeah um, that were just very very simply written so that people got the gist of what kind of show it was. Mm-hmm. Often producers really want to see story ideas. That's because. No matter how many times you go through the kind of characters and setting and, and, and tone and style, you don't really know what a show's about until you embark on a story and, mm-hmm. and you look at how that story works and, and then you kind of go, oh, okay, I get it. You know, it's, mm. it's all about this. So, yeah, and, so and that's, I- that's your pitch bottle. Yeah. Yeah, and, and even going back to the whole thing around story, I don't think I appreciated how important that was because I've mm. come from architecture world and everything's very visual and so I had all the yes. graphics and images to show you what yes. was in my head. But then the words are just as important. And you know, going yeah. back to all those Excel spreadsheets, it's because I didn't quite know <laughs> how to write what you know, write a short paragraph or so of what I was trying yeah. to say. So it was yeah. also good, good at writing experience or writing challenge to now yeah. whittle that down into the format that yeah, you know that the broadcasters or the or the producers yeah. or whatever will read. No one's yeah. gonna read my Excel spreadsheets. That is a that is a <laughs> fact. Right. It's a That's fact. Right. Yeah. But also, it's it's a very good exercise, and I, I don't mean we are doing it mostly at this point just just to sell the show and get some development money or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's it's also a really good exercise for getting it straight in your own head mm-hmm. what the show is. Because you need you need to just keep whittling it down, whittling it down and and it's 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 one of those those things where um you know it's like uh, that there's there's some famous quote from some writer who said, you know, I wrote you a long letter because I didn't have time to write you a shorter one, and that and that's oh, so true. I like that, you know. I can't remember who said that, but I'll somebody find out. did. Yeah. Um, and and it, it it is that thing about simplicity is often the m- most difficult and the most time-consuming thing to come up with. Yes. It's it and and it and that's what you really need to strive for when you're doing these documents is simplicity. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I've right. I've been to a couple of classes with a there's a great um, writer called John Colley who worked with um, Peter Weir and uh, various other people mm-hmm. uh, writing movies and um, and his philosophy which I endorse completely is that you need to try and make you know kind of ninety percent of your story development happen on short documents not on the script itself so that you actually you actually are really fully across every part of the story in a very short document Um, for for movies you know he's talking about something that's kind of less than 20 pages of of writing and for tv if you're talking about a half hour drama then i think it needs to be something that's only you know two or three pages yeah um because because that's when you really can come to grips with what's working and what what isn't in the big picture. Mm-hmm. And once you actually start scripting and getting into dialogue and scenes and, and it blows out to however many pages it's going to be, then it's much harder to see 
the big picture and see what's working in overall terms and and you get you become attached to things like pieces of dialogue or or character mm. moments that uh, <laughs> yeah, so you don't true. want to leave behind, you know. Yes. Um, whereas if you're just working in a short document, that doesn't happen. So it's yeah, it's definitely a good process to go through working up a pitch document, even just for yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm finding so fascinating right now is talking to you like this in an interview context and then looking mm. back at what we have done and how that's happened in the in coming up with our, our show and our Bible. Mm. It's like, mm. oh, I'm just having these moments of, uh, duh, of course. Oh, yeah, but of course. Whereas in the moment, I couldn't always understand that or see that. But it yeah, makes well, so much from, sense. Yeah, you came from, you know, a very different background. And honestly, you picked up all of this stuff so fast. It was astonishing. And I didn't realize you were actually, like, doing some other sort of background research and, um, you know, working working away on training yourself mm-hmm. uh, in other ways as well uh, that, that were, was feeding into this because because really you, 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 you went from zero to 100 in, in a much shorter period than most writer would, well, writers would. You know, you were just picking up everything I was saying very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it is, it's a, it's a, it's a different mindset and... Uh, it's only when you've worked in television, um, you know, for a few years that you kind of, kind of get it. Um, and uh, and I know when I first started working in TV, I didn't I didn't really get it at all. I I mean I started as a as a jobbing writer on episodic TV, mm-hmm. and and so you don't get across the big picture. Um, you only you only know the story that you've been handed to make work. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, it's much easier, I think, um, or, or maybe not easier, but it's much better to start out like you've started out, where you've been across the whole show mm-hmm. and, and seeing how the whole process works rather than just being given this one little element to make work. So, mm-hmm. so you now understand how the whole thing works um, and, and, and I think that's that's really helpful. It's going to be helpful for you um, in producing this as well, that you've, you've been across the big picture. I, I think so as well. And it also helps when I'm now talking to other writers who we want to invite in that, yeah, yeah this is yeah. what we're trying to do. Because I, I think yeah. I would it would feel weird to just get a little piece of the puzzle, just a little hint yeah. and not know yeah. everything because then like you said the tone of what we're trying to do the feel the mm. the mm. the authentic vibe all of that is sort of mm. embedded into everything mm. really even the mm. team and mm. in fact that's one thing I wanted to touch on with the story bible is that I've had to include the team that I'm working with as well as part of p- pitching, oh, yeah. pitching yeah, this show and saying yeah that's know, right that's right. Yeah, I should have included that. There's always something about the personnel. That's usually right at the back, uh, unless it's a huge selling point. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like like Beat Bugs, for instance. Well, we had the Beatles song, so of course that was right up front. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, normally the people involved, the actual talent, uh, you you leave that to the last page, and and you say, you know, um, we're going to have this. This writer, this director, you know, this producer, whatever, and, and give their credentials um, because that can be a strong selling point, of course, as well. Yes. Um, yeah. And and I think, I mean, you 
you already know this because we've talked about this, but I think mm. having you on board has been a huge help as well because now um you know i've got the story and you know the idea and we've co-created this show but you've got the experience mm. so then when i've been talking to people about the show and even the fact that we got development funding and we're talking to mm. broadcasters mm. has been because now it's a it's a super tag team you know yeah and i I've, i felt good about that as well that i i i'm not doing this by myself and i'm yeah um, yeah i think i think it's a good it's a good way to work when uh when i mean specifically the aims of of the show are to bring some new voices um out in mm -hmm. in this space in tv um and and so where you're you're basically having new writers for every episode, um, writers who don't have a lot of credentials, if any, in TV, mm -hmm. um, then I think it is good to have some, some old guy like me <laughs> um, who's, who's been around and who, who can actually be the kind of uh, hopefully a bit of a mentor to the whole group mm -hmm. to, and, and, and also just simply to... Um, be good at the nuts and bolts of, of getting a show to air because there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that you again only learn as from experience about what's going to work and what um, isn't going to work and what what's what's possible to do and what's virtually impossible to do. But uh, by the same token, it's mm. it's great to have people who aren't aware of those things who can push the boundaries a bit and and uh, and say well. You know, I, as you have said many times, kind of, uh, you know, well, why can't we do this, or why can't we go to go there to look for funding, or why can't, you know, and yeah. and so you've come up with sort of stuff that I would never have thought of, mm -hmm. um, and I have to kind of take a step back and go, well, I've never been in a show that's done that, but does it does it really mean it can't be done, you know that, and, and I think that's a really good thing. For both of us to, uh, for me to be challenged that way, and and for you to have somebody who can actually turn around at some point and say, no, that's a really dumb idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Like spreadsheets. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I will never live that down. Um, yeah, I I really agree with that, and. And that's part of what I'm also trying to encourage some of the other writers that I'm now working with or who yeah. are approaching me to say, oh my gosh, how did you do this? And yeah. part of that yeah. is is around the relationships that you want to form as you're creating the show, but also who you yeah. want to learn from. So I knew, yeah. I, I am green, but I have a fire. I love story. I, I want yeah. to learn. And so that's, I think has really helped even just our relationship, mm. like working together yeah. is that, um, I'm learning from you, but I feel like you always saying, "Oh, I'm learning from you too." And so it's absolutely it's, that's so true. I'm really it's learning. a joy. It's actually yeah. um, we're having fun, and then yeah, yeah, that's that's what we're trying to encourage um, as the yeah, show goes forward. Absolutely. So. <sighs> now, do you, do you want me to just mention because that's so that's definitely a pitch bible, which is generally a shorter document. Mm -hmm. There is also a thing which can either be called a series bible or some people call it a writer's bible. And that's the thing which which we've actually also created as well, which is yes. a much longer version yeah. that um, that that fleshes out those stories, fleshes out the characters more, um, and gives some 
sort of pretty firm parameters to the writers coming on board about what they what kind of thing they need to be writing for the show. And so mm -hmm. that often isn't something that gets shown to um, producers at an early stage anyway. They might, the producers might want to see it later, later on once, once the show gets running. But at an early stage, it's too much detail really mm -hmm. to, to shove down their throats. You want, you want them to just, just get the, you know, the essence of the show. And so this, this becomes more important once the show's in production. Mm -hmm. and, and, and sometimes it can change while the show's in production. Um, uh, you know, you often come on board a show that has a, you know, very, a very extensive initial Bible. And then as you start writing, it changes because certain things don't work or broadcaster says they don't like that in a particular you know character or in a particular storyline so it has to change mm -hmm. so sometimes you can get to the end of the show and you can look back at the bible and go wow yeah <laughs> it's so not it's really different. that anymore mm -hmm. it's a different show and hopefully it's better it's not always the case though um <laughs> so uh yeah it, it 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 can evolve quite dramatically sometimes but yeah that's that's more of what, what we call a series bible or a writer's bible and so it's it's a longer more detailed more nuts and bolts kind of document and i think yeah i like that that we are talking on the, about the series bible because then mm. that one for example things like outlines episode outlines you, you know yes, you can't just that. nut that out in you know five five seconds that no, is actually time, time yeah. and yeah. and uh, uh even a collaborative thing i thought oh yeah i could just whip out a couple of things but it's everything like no. knowing overall what the show arc is doing yeah. and then what each character yeah. you know it's an art yeah that's form. the that's the thing about TV is extremely collaborative mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, you never, we virtually never just write an episode and that's what goes to air, like write a first draft. That's, that's not how it works. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and people who do work like that, like the kind of icons of the industry, like Aaron Sorkin and, uh, you know, uh, David E. Kelly and those, those people who, uh, reputedly just write an episode and it goes straight to air. Mm. When you actually dig deeper, you usually find out there's been a whole process behind that. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I, like I remember hearing from one of the writers on West Wing that although Aaron Sorkin takes sole credit, and I hope I can't be sued here, um, that he, <laughs> he actually employs or employed on West Wing a number of writers to go and, and research and write the five or six different strands in each episode of West Wing, mm -hmm. so that so that he'd have like five different writers writing five different strands, yeah, and and so they would just write their own bit, and then he would put all those bits together, and often use the story almost as was as they'd come up with, mm -hmm. but managed to integrate them. And also basically rewrite every single line of dialogue himself. Wow. Um, yeah. So it had that Aaron Sorkin quality, which is really quite identifiable. Mm -hmm. So um, so even though he was, yes, he was writing the show from beginning to end and it was just his, his draft was basically going straight to air, mm -hmm. it was actually a, 
a whole process before that. So, and that's and that collaborative process doesn't usually work like that. But that collaborative process is what makes good television because yes. because it's not just one person's voice. It's actually a whole lot of people who are um, who are putting their own their own talent into it. But also, hopefully, keeping true, and this is the difficulty in TV. This it's it's great that it's collaborative, but the difficulty in TV is keeping it on track, on um, on style, on within the concept, the original concept. Sort of. Yeah. So there's a single yeah. vision of the show. There has to be a single vision of the show, mm-hmm. even though there's all these all these different people writing for it. So, and that's where the um, script editor or script producer or um, or a creative producer comes o- along and really guides that show or a, or a showrunner as they call them in the US and is happening more here where really really guides the scripts all the way through the process so so that when it gets onto screen you have something that um, feels consistent all the way through that doesn't go up and down depending on who's writing which episode yeah and and that's that's such a good point to end in terms of this first chat because that's what you've helped do with the show um that is your role script with the pro- scripting yeah. yeah script producer script editor and then that keeping that overall um voice tone everything and mm. making sure that it's consistent and yep. again i didn't understand what that role meant or was before i came into this but now that's important because i'm not going to be able to write every episode i don't want to but then no. now I, I i trust you enough that oh yeah he knows exactly what we're trying to do that when you're now working with other writers that will be you know a, a big part of you know what comes yeah. out of, of that, but also of course you will you will be having input into oh yes I will script all the way through <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but yeah hopefully I'll be uh, enough across everything to be able to do the rewrites on the episodes um, and 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 hopefully not uh, hopefully they won't be too extensive because we will have brought those writers up up to speed in the process you know. Yes, indeed. That that is so perfect because we're definitely going to record another episode talking about then the actual writing of scripts and the life of a script from idea to on the screen. So okay. I think for this episode, thank you so much for even all this wisdom Pleasure. and insight and the laughs. Um, and we will definitely be chatting to you again soon, John. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Taki. You're listening to Two Words with Taku. If you like what you're hearing, please rate, review and recommend the show. And that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to John and I laugh a lot. In fact, I feel like that's what we do all the time. And it's the best thing because he's he's just so kind and generous. And I feel so comfortable asking him questions. And he's so patient with me. And so, yeah, I hope you get a sense of the vibe that we have. This is, you know, the person who's helping me run our writer's room and 
we're having lots of fun. And I would really love to hear from you if you have questions or feedback about this episode or anything else that I'm talking about, um, because we're still looking to connect with other writers and storytellers who are wanting a break or who have things that they want to share or try. And so, yeah, please send me an email. I'm at um, taku at taku.com.au. I'd love to hear from you. And I'll also put all my social media links in the show notes, as well as links to to John's stuff. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed the episode and we will see you in the next one.